Jeremy, we had we had a little difficulty getting started. Jordan is normally the one that that has challenges with showing up at the start of a meeting, but it was me today. So Jordan has already told me that we're not going to let this. This one's not going to be forgotten. He's going to use right. this memory bank. So I was late. We've rescheduled this. We're recording this. This is TZE. Welcome to the uh, episode 15, I believe, is what we're on. It's uh, We've done 15 of these this year. And um, TZE, for those that are joining us for the first time, stands for the Zion Experience. And we get on with industry leaders. We get on with partners. We get on with fun conversations. And uh, we, we just sit and talk and have a conversation. And that's what today's going to be about. So we're heading in. This will be published a little after Thanksgiving, but we're heading into uh, Thanksgiving this week. And we're very grateful for where we're at this year. And one of the reasons we're grateful we've got on the phone or on the video with us is David Quintilio, um, who I've known now for, oh, Q, I'm going to have to go back. We've known each other probably a solid 10 years. And uh, we first met in, at UPS Supply Chain Solutions. Um, we did not know each other. So Q had come in and joined, had a finance background. Uh, I'll let Q give us his full bio of how many years he spent at UPS, but it was several more than me. I think I spent about half the years he spent there. And I had 17. And uh, he had a very illustrious career at UPS. UPS Supply Chain Solutions was one of the you run across people in your life that you just have immediate respect for. And I think, um, I don't want to speak for Q, but I had immediate respect for Q other than some of the shoes he was wearing. I had to educate him a little bit on the shoes that he would wear out in the warehouse. But we, uh, we crossed paths at UPS healthcare. He was a big proponent of, of what UPS healthcare has turned into, uh, just a good person, good family man lives in Georgia is on act maybe two or three now with Leverage Supply Chain Group. So he's the president and co-founder of Leverage Supply Chain Group. And I'll let him explain what that is. But we're grateful on Thanksgiving week to record this and to have you on the call with us. He also sits on Zion's external advisory board. So he's a friend. He's a partner. He's somebody you can look up to. Um, just an all-around good guy. So we're glad to have him on the show. Sorry I was late, Q. I call him Q, David Quintilio, but sorry I was late. We are going to get him some swag. He let me know he did not have a hat to wear. So he was, uh, we're, yeah. we're validating that he didn't receive this swag, but with the real boss of Leverage Supply Chain Group, Tammy, but we're going to, uh, we're going to get him some swag. So next time you see me, minor, minor, I've never seen you in a hat. So we're going to, we're going to test that theory out, but. Yeah, I, I would definitely have worn it to cut the glare off of my forehead, but um, I, Jordan took his off, so I, so it made me feel better. He right. turned yours around, so that, that's good. We've got a little baloney patch going on on me, and I'm getting a little thin on top. Well, you know, the camera makes it worse than it really is. So I, I blame it on lighting a lot of times. I think yeah. it's poor lighting instead of poor hair, but yeah. Well, Q, why don't we get started? I, I tried to get a little bit of your background, your bio, but we we just one of the, one of the first things is just why don't you let the audience know who David Quintilio is and just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your career at UPS and spent several years there and just tell us a little bit about you, your story, where you're at, and we'll just we'll just cut it up with some other questions. Yeah, for sure. 
I think uh, the first thing is, Jimmy, I think we're a little older than, than you said. Um, things tend to tend to run on a little further than we remember now. It's probably been 15, 20 that we've known each other. Um, and then there was a time that you were doing your thing and I was doing my thing. And um, But as you said, when you've got mutual respect for somebody and, and you connect with them, it doesn't matter the time frame that, that you were apart. It just it just picks right back up, and and that's what that's what's happened with us. So it's uh, good people. Uh, you, you connect with good people, and and you always uh, you always have that bond. So appreciate you having me on the TZE. I will give you a, a quick background. It's it's some of the similar stories uh, as a start out uh, for a lot of people that were at UPS for the length of time I was, which was thirty six years. I was going to school at North Carolina State University, actually getting uh, getting an accounting degree, um, and then I then I ended up in in operations. So we'll figure that out at some point. But while I was going to school there, I uh, started when I was nineteen and um, operations, and then went into their finance and accounting when I graduated, and got an MBA from Georgia State later in, in finance and. Then eventually said, you know, I want to I want to rotate out of this finance and accounting role. And that was the good thing about UPS. You can have multiple careers within one company. And that's what a lot of people get is they start out in one function or even, you know, in operations, which I started out in and then rotate uh, throughout the different uh, different areas. So you get to you get to run F&A and be a, a country controller uh, for Canada or, or uh, part of the uh, going public uh, with UPS. I was part of that team when we took it public. Um, so you, you get a ton of different exposure and, and that leads you, uh, I think, more well-rounded uh, when you when you go out and 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 venture into another business, whether it's your own or whether it's a, a startup uh, that you may be coaching, which which I take on now as executive advisory work. But having sales, marketing, operations, finance, technology, um, having that exposure and being part of the part of the team uh, and leading the teams in those areas uh, gets you well rounded. So that 36 years, I, I, I ended up as uh, senior vice president for uh, the, the UPS healthcare supply chain area and had global operations. Uh, when we started that up in the middle of the pandemic, um, we started it in, in January of 20. And, uh, and you know how that went um, pretty quickly into trying to find space for, for all the equipment that was needed and, and, uh, and then going into vaccine storage, shipping, um, so it was a, it was a, it was a busy time. It was a fun time, um, from a, from a work aspect, obviously it wasn't fun from a personal side for everybody, uh, at that time, but, uh, uh certainly, uh, it was gratifying. I think it's probably a better word, uh, to be able to help and be part of it then. So then I retired, uh, at, uh, the end of 2021 and, and started Leverage Supply Chain Group. As you mentioned, I live in, in Georgia. Uh, my wife, Tammy, uh, as you said, uh, 
really runs uh, Leverage Supply Chain Group and and, and uh, everything else. And my son Dylan's a pitcher at Oglethorpe University. He's a sophomore now, and uh, and my my wonderful companion JT uh, is a flat-coated retriever. So that's our household, and and run by a, a wonderful wife Tammy. How long have Tammy and you been together, Q? How how much the UPS was she along for the entirety of it, or? Um, she was along for about half of it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So we're going on 23. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, we, one of the things people may or may not know about UPS, one of the big items of the, the awesome background, by the way, just anybody that does works that long at one, one company is just, it's commendable. And I think you hit it right as you can do that at a company like UPS, cause you can have several different acts. You can work almost in different business units. They've got the small pack and you can rotate through different operations. You can work in finance and you get such a wealth of experience and just get to work with so many different facets of a business. Uh, small package is totally different than supply chain. And supply chain was really built from the ground up and through acquisitions and different mergers. And it's never a dull day. But one, one of the things people may not know, not unless you're a UPS or a Brown, somebody Brown that we talk about is relocations, a big part of that culture as well. So where, like how many relocations did you, I'm assuming you did at least one, how many relocations did your career take you through? And what was that experience like? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I did a lot less than uh, a lot of, than, than, than a lot of other folks. Uh, I did three relocations. Um, and I was in Canada for two years uh, up there as the country controller. And that's when I switched in back into operations when I left there after we acquired Livingston Healthcare. And I really got embedded in the healthcare operations and, and, and came back and took over North American operations. So, yeah, you're right. It, it was It's definitely a culture there. Um, it's not for everybody, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, it was it was a. Uh, uh, it gave me a good solid background uh, to start my second career for sure. Yeah. I've always described UPS as I, they got a lot of good out of me. I gave them 17 good years and I got a lot of good out of them. It wasn't always easy, but they, uh, you knew what you were going to get with UPS. They're conservative. Um, I won't say to a fault, but they're, they're solid business people. They've got, you know, little too many hands in decision-making sometimes, but they don't make bad decisions as a result of that. And it's a big ship with a, with a small rudder and it, it takes a long time to turn it. And, um, they, uh, they've been in business for a hundred and I guess it was 1907. I'm thinking if I, my memory's right. So what's that put them at 116, 116 years. Yep. And, um, just a pretty fascinating story how they've evolved over time and they're continuing to evolve. They've announced last week, Jordan, I think if you saw it and Q, I don't know if you saw it or, or not, but in our time at, at supply chain solutions, we were always talking about building the multi-client center. How could you plug and play multi-client customers into an automated, a fully automated or more, you know, a highly automated facility. And they've done that in one of their facilities in, in, um, near Louisville. It's their velocity facility. And so shout out to Chip Steffi, Eddie Sissel, 
Jason Vaughn, Tim, Tim Boyd, several, I'm sure I missed some people, but they, uh, they brought to life a really, really awesome facility there. And it's not easy to do it in, in the world that we're in, but UPS yeah, spent a lot of good years there. And, uh, yeah, there's some solid, solid people there uh, that, that you mentioned uh, that do an awesome job. So uh, good, good luck to them on that venture. I'm sure it'll be successful. Yeah. Yeah. What's uh, before we leave the UPS world, what's uh, do we have a favorite video or favorite video, favorite memory or favorite story? What, what was the most exciting thing you did at UPS that you can recall? Well, you know, what popped into my head today, getting getting on uh, this call was walking in, walking through the warehouse and coming upon a young Jim Shaw <laughs> and looking down uh, at his attire and seeing the cowboy boots for the first time. <laughs> and I thought, hmm, okay, you need protective, uh, protective footwear. I had not seen the boots come out uh in the warehouse as of as of that time so from then on i i, I called him jimmy boots so me and, <laughs> and and dave mclean who uh who was running operations as well at the time uh we loved uh calling and chatting with jimmy boots or, or see him whenever we could so that was uh, i don't think i've seen uh, anybody since with 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 the cowboy boots in the warehouse so Jordan may not, you can't, I don't, Jordan can't appreciate this as much, but believe it or not, there was a dress code of what shoes you could have and couldn't have. And the criteria, one of the criteria criteria was for management at the time, you had, they had to be able to be polished. And I may or may not have skirted the, the, the policy just a little bit with the boots, but just touch and go. Wings, touch and go. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're still here today. I, I've only seen, I don't know that I've seen Jimmy. I've heard stories of Jimmy outside of the cowboy boots, but I don't yeah. know that I've actually seen. Maybe one time I saw you in a pair of tennis shoes, and that's been about it. So that's stuck with you, I guess, your entire career. It stayed with me. Yeah. I yeah. was uh, on small package. The team that was there called me Sprout. So I had a lady that I, for, for some reason, I thought growing my hair out and having a perm when I was 20, 21 years old seemed like a good idea. And I had a group of ladies in the industrial engineering group that I joined. And uh, one of one of the ladies' sons was was going to school. And so she kind of mothered me. And they all kind of mother hinned me. And they brought me in. And I had this hair and curly. And it looked like the little sprout off the green giant. So I was <laughs> everybody at small pie 20 plus. That was, oh boy, that was, I'm dating myself, 1999. So back then if i see them today or call them every one of them knows me as sprout and then they're pretty much the healthcare side knows me as boots so it stuck with me jordan and uh i remember that i remember looking down i think there were some italian loafers so q's got some pretty good taste in clothes and i think he had some he had some italian boots on and he asked me if my memory's right he asked me why i wore something like this and i said well i've got to deal with these operators who worked for him at the time and said sometimes you need a boot to get a point across. And so there he's like, okay, as you, as you've met Q now, he's like, it, not a lot of emotion. One that wasn't a big range of emotion there. And he's like, okay. And then we all kind of had, we had an understanding from that point on that uh, we, uh, we had a mutual respect, but we, we did a lot of good. That was the early days of healthcare and UPS would 
supply chain, what they've turned healthcare into today is pretty phenomenal from where it started. And, um, a lot of growth, a lot of good stuff. We were writing a book of what you do and Jordan, you've been in some of those facilities, 1920 and 1860. And some of the first people that started that Felix Chang, who's still there. He's, he's over healthcare now, more of an engineer. I think he's got operations and, you know, yeah. Rich Shaver, all the guys, I don't know, none of them probably watch this show, but Warren Oson, Nikki's there, Dave McLean, you know, Joe Edwards, you think about some Jackie, um, what was Jackie's last name? Jackie you, Kiefer and Kiefer. Uh, yeah. Craig Chisholm, yeah. Kim Kohler, Jen Trong, yeah. Bill yeah. White. Yeah, you got a ton of uh, man quality Real people. And that's the thing, you met so many people that either are still there or, or have come and gone that um, you know, maintain contact with and consider friends and, and also you can bounce ideas off of or or potentially come work together like we've got here at Leverage Supply Chain Group. That's right. That's right. And uh, those were two. I'm going to turn the page on UPS. There's two things you always got. I always look back on fondly UPS. Two main things is one is just the different experiences that I got in a short window of time you get almost like business acumen on, you know, just on a fast track, you get a meet and you, at least the supply chain side, we got to, we got to work with so many different accounts, customers, growing a business from, from the ground up. And then the second thing was all the people. I, I always told everybody it was never hard for, it wasn't hard for me. I think I shocked some people when I left UPS, it wasn't hard for me to leave UPS the hardest thing I left there was the people and just the relationships. And just to this day, I'm still friends and consider them friends, personal friends and business friends. And uh, just a lot of really good people there that, that are still there. Some have moved on, some have retired, some are on chapter two, act two, but I think it's a good transition point. So leverage supply chain group. And uh, you, when you retired, I think you stayed retired for, did you last 30 days? Or tell uh, us it, was the story. Actually, it was actually 17 minutes. We calculated it. <laughs> yep. mm -hmm. 17 minutes. Those yeah. are 17 good minutes, huh? Yeah. Oh, they were solid. Yeah. <laughs> Decompressed. All right. Ready to go. That's all you need. Well, tell us the story of it. So we started Zion in 2022. One of the first conversations I had is I, I don't even remember why we reconnected, Q, but some for some reason we reconnected. And yep. you and I shared, you were starting Leverage Supply Chain Group. Jordan, Chuck, Drew, and myself were starting um, Zion Solutions Group. And we just, we talked. Uh, I think we both brought our UPS side out a little bit. We have it, we've had a scheduled meeting every other week. It may have been weekly at that time that we just needed a little structure in our life. So we would talk every week, even if it was just to say hi, what's going on. And that's how this relationship started. But tell us about Leverage Supply Chain Group. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I was talking to Drew uh, quite a bit, seeing yeah. if we could work together on some projects and, and then uh, obviously reconnected with you and then got to meet uh, Jordan and Chuck um, down the road. So, yeah, this this relationships just just kept on uh, kept on flourishing. But the actual leverage supply chain group was was initially i was just helping some former clients with their internal supply chain work um gaps that they they found uh in in their services or 
opening up uh, new supply chains, uh, spinning off from uh, larger companies, uh, all of that type work. And I, at, at the same time, I started doing some executive advisory work and met a couple of uh, folks, one being you, uh, you know, Mansur Khan at CS, uh, CS um, the, uh, the, folks, uh, the folks at Cargo, um, Justin Stevens, and, and really, really enjoyed the fact that it's something new and it's something that they need help with. And, and at the time when I was retired for that 17 minutes, you know, you, you go through, you go through withdrawals. I tell you, it's, you know, it's it, re retiring, retiring is tough. It's hard to just, just stop after going hundred miles an hour. You, you don't, you can't go to zero. Um, it just doesn't work. At least it, it didn't for me. And you know, the more that you're into a routine of, helping people, addressing problems, and then not having that, you know, that's, that's a big difference, a big change in anybody's life. And, you know, my, my brain, my, my um, desire to, to work with a team, it, you know, it, it, it just kept festering there that to a point where, I started bringing folks on to help. Uh, Mike Borgerson, my partner, came on to help with these uh, startup companies, especially. You know, we found that they're so busy creating their services, their products, um, that they didn't really have a, a go-to-market strategy or, or, or outlet. So we have become channel partners for six organizations now where we work with clients to fill the gaps in their supply chain that, that we help them identify. So we'll be engaged with a client on kind of a normal supply chain offering and uh, myself, Mike, and now uh, we have uh, seven other people. We try to address those gaps and fill them where we can, but where we can't, um, for example, we don't have uh, robotics integration uh, expertise and partners. So that's where, you know, we have some somebody we can call. So we want to, to really close those gaps for our customers with ourselves and our channel partners. And so we're trying to plug those major gaps. Technology well, with CSCS, uh, from a WMS, TMS, OMS, and then of course, uh, Zion with with anything to do from a, uh, a physical integration uh, uh, robotics, um, you know, advanced sortation, anything along those lines we can close. And then we've got some other things, whether it's um, it's computer vision technology for loads coming in and out um, and then just bringing on a couple more. Uh, we've got a new 3PL offering that you'll see come out. That really we can we can help our clients globally now um, fill any of the gaps that they have. So that's how it kind of evolved is is out of uh, uh, restlessness and then just getting that excitement back and, and talking to folks like uh, like Zion uh, and, and our other channel partners and where they're at with growing the business and being part of that has has really uh, you know created that that 
leveraged supply chain group you see today is helping helping those those partners that we partner with and as well as our clients and bringing that entire ecosystem of, of gap filling supply chain partners and services. It's pretty awesome. I like the name leverage because I think in this, you know, just when you were putting your your company together, you you had some thoughts on why leverage and it's your your philosophy is how do you take the subject matter expertise that a lot of us have, those those and then you're filling voids, you're filling those gaps with expertise as well. But you're really what you're doing to me, leverage supply chain group is leveraging relationships, best in class gaps, you know, where you, you've got Mansoor and his team is phenomenal. The cargo team has a really cool technology. I'm pretty partial to the Zion Solutions Group. I think we can solve some pretty decent problems, but you're leveraging the best of what this industry has to offer, which is really expertise, creativity, and then relationships. Uh, so much gets done on relationship side. And I, I think that's really cool about Leverage Supply Chain Group. So leverage is is in Georgia. The team's in Georgia. You are all's office space. And you said you've got seven people now. Yeah. Which would talk a little bit about your people who, uh, who else have we brought on besides Borgeson and, and who's helping us out. And yeah, we've I got that's a pretty uh, cool story too. Yeah. Dave McLean's helping us out as well. Um, um, Rich Shaver signed on for some, uh, some time. And so we've got a, a few of the, uh, the, the UPS experience people, but we also wanted to broaden the horizon and perspective. So we've got, we've got a couple of folks, uh, Luis Perez and Mark Slobum that were uh, at some pretty significant healthcare organizations uh, and 3PLs. So former, former customers uh, of mine when I was at UPS. And so uh, they, they've signed on to, to help our clients. And it's, uh, and it's grown from there. We've added a couple of, uh, of, of direct channel partner salespeople. So that's, that's been, that's been phenomenal. Um, so we, we'll continue to grow uh, as, as needed. But one thing that we have uh, that I tell all the folks that come on is we are now operating under uh, discretionary um, philosophy whereby we work, uh, it's discretionary of who we work with from a par people part of leverage, but a partner and a client perspective as well. So really, as you mentioned before, is, is connecting with people and understanding their organization, uh, their culture, their philosophy before we take them on as a partner or before we take them on as part of leverage has been huge. And so, you know, you guys and, and, and Mansoor share our philosophy of giving back um, and doing a lot with the community um, and not just uh, obviously it's for profit business, but also giving back uh, at the same time. And the way that you all treat people, um, whether it's it's people uh, at Zion or whether it's it's customers, that's uh you know, that makes a difference. We've, we've turned down um, uh, potential partners or potential people just based on that fact that, that it's gotta be, uh, you know, something that's, that we first 
uh, think fills a gap. Two is the right organization and right people to fill the gap. So um, that, that's been good as part of our culture here. Uh, and, and certainly uh, Zion and, and CSCS and, and Cargo share those uh, that same culture. Yeah, I think it's, you know, one of the things we we aligned on, of course, we've always just, you just get along with certain people and you're wired like certain people. And I think we've always had that that mutual respect. Uh, we were at different points in our career, obviously, when we first met, but I think there's always been the respect, but it comes back to the, even organizationally now, as you, you've created Leverage Supply Chain Group, it's, I think as humans, we over, we complicate things it really can be as simple as business is bigger than financial statements to me. Um, and the philosophy is that I've, I've kind of stolen from whole foods. I think their founder said, this is if you take care of your people, they'll take care of your, your partners. And I've modified this a little bit, but ultimately they take care of the customer and then the financials will take care of themselves. And it sounds too simplistic, but I think when you build the culture and that's your foundation and that's embedded in your values that you demand of the people that work with you, of yourself to start with, um, as founders, right? We set the pace. What what our words can be our words, but our actions have to to match our words. But when you have good people, that translates in we've got to have good partners like you, or else we don't have anything to go to market with based on our business model. And then you you go after and you desire the good customer that 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 fits that and then the rest of it kind of falls in line and takes care of itself and that's been refreshing as we've rebooted and started zion of you can i, I don't know where we'll be in 10 years but my hope is that we still have a similar philosophy that we got good people good partners and we're helping good customers um, doesn't mean that everything's rosy i think sometimes get people get the rose-colored glasses and they think that Business is tough. It's always going to be tough. Um, doesn't mean you're not going to disagree with your people sometimes, your leadership, your partners. But I think it's about having mutual respect. And I told somebody this last week. It's like a lot of people want to call your business family. And I don't think it's like blood family. But I think the same virtues and values that you treat and respect your family with, your blood family, you can treat your your work family and your your customer family and your partner family with. I think you can have the same virtues of having a common respect. You can have a common intentionality of how you think they're always, you know, always give the benefit of the doubt instead of filling voids with the, they're out to get something or to do the wrong thing. Cause I think at the core, all humans want to work with other humans they enjoy working with. And that's a real good day when you, you can align that and you can make some money at it and you, you can build something cool with it. And ultimately, like you said, giving back, you know, one of the big things you heard last week in our board meeting, we um, we've been very focused and intentional on our acts of kindness uh, foundation. And man, I've got we've got big hopes for the future for that. And we we're involving the the board with that this year. We we wanted to say thank you for all that you and the other six board members have done. And you never know when that you never know when, call it two things. I've, I've, you, you never know when there's an invisible thread in life that gets pulled through because of that. Or you never know when that small ripple turns into this big effect. And you've thrown that little small ripple in into the world and where, where it ultimately lands and goes. And You know, if I look back when, when I'm ready to say it's a career, when I'm ready to, 
to call it call it a day. And um, I think I'll value that. I hope I look at that and say the people I worked with, that's what I valued. The experiences I was part of at UPS and then ultimately you feel like you do some good in the world and you've left the world a better place for your children and the people you get interact with and just in general. So, yeah, no, for sure. And, and that's why I'm still, still doing what I'm doing is, is cause I've, I've got the same uh, philosophy that you do that, Hey, I think we can make a difference here. You know, I think we can make a difference for the people in leverage. I think we can make a big difference for our clients I think we can make a difference for the channel partners. And, you know, I think you're right. We, we get uh, uh, we get to do things in the community that uh, brings brings us all together as well. And, and you mentioned, you know, uh, handing out charitable donations to the board members. I thought that was uh, phenomenal. And uh, my, my only uh, question is I'm going to narrow it down because uh, we've been working with a couple of different organizations, uh, you know, that, that, that once you get out there and work with, you find out really the needs and, and how fortunate we all are. So that will go a long way. So I certainly appreciate that. And, and um, so does the community. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like you, when you got a, when you got a big heart, you see all the needs in the world how do you narrow it down to, how you can't help everybody, but you certainly can pick a few and our, our, our plans to go deep with a few and just how, how do we make a big impact and then spread as much of it as we can through the local communities and just, just do good. And I think if you do, if you, if you give with the intention of it's, it's authentic and genuine, you know, let God take care of the rest. Let, let the story be written the way the story is supposed to be written. And, uh, that's what we're going to try to do. So let's turn back. I've got, I got a little deep on the the value side, but I, I think that's why we're on the call today is ultimately from a partnership, you have to be of similar mind and set. And that's why you and I just, we found each other and we're working together and the, the team you're surrounding yourself with. And then the external partners, we all, I mean, we can all get in a room and we're all of one. We all do different things in the industry, but it's, it's just good people in the room, which is exciting. Um, if I turn turn the corner a little bit and talk about executive advisory, so you're filling that capacity in for for several organizations. What's uh, what's as it relates? Maybe let's let's be a little selfish on Zion. So you've sat on our board for for almost two years. What's what what would you tell the world about sitting in that capacity and and the value it's brought you, hopefully, or the value that you bring to a board like that? Yeah, well. Uh, certainly, uh, I don't have a, a Zion hats. First thing I got to call out, um, <laughs> since, you know, since Jordan came back on with the hat. So, um, I'll expect, I'll expect that to come pretty we'll soon. Turn mine around so you can see the full of what you're going to get someday. Yeah. <laughs> someday. I hope to, yeah. uh, no, the, <clears throat> what I get out of being an executive advisor, kind of what I said before is just, love the fresh uh, perspective of folks just starting out in their business, whether it's a startup or whether they've moved from another large organization like, like the CSCS folks did uh, to start their own business. Um, their excitement, enthusiasm just keeps, keeps, keeps us motivated. 
And uh, the same with, with Zion, watching that form, uh, you know, over the past year and a half, it's been, has been phenomenal. Um, and, and just proud of you guys and, and, and seeing the, the, the things that uh, you're able to do now, now that the business is, is up running um, and doing, doing very well, um, you know, to be a part of that really, really keeps, keeps me uh, engaged. And I think the, the experience of working with and really running supply chains for hundreds of large organizations, because when, when you have the supply chain operations, you really are their arm uh, and, and running their supply chain. Uh, so not only the, the numerous large healthcare organizations, small uh, med device to large pharma, uh, but also the retail experience uh, in the past and watching those things ebb and flow with e-commerce. So being there on the front lines of seeing that uh, from the customer's perspective and, and kind of sitting at their, their board table as their supply chain arm and then watching us execute uh, their supply chain and, the, and the, the gaps that we would find, the, the holes in the supply chain, um, not only from a, a you know a 3PL warehousing side, but they're managing their transportation as well, and having that experience, uh, and and as we talked about the multiple functional roles, just gives you a breadth of perspective that you know I I think can can help avoid some of the pitfalls as you're advising companies in the supply chain world. Uh, there's so many that touch it, you know from from, from technology, um, as you guys are. Um, but, but you think about, uh, start to finish, there's, there's so many components in a supply chain that, uh, that are all interrelated and connected. Um, but there's gaps in that chain. So those weak links, uh, helping spot those, uh, while you're working with, with the companies so that uh, you can fortify those links and uh, you don't have a breakage as, uh, is the value added, but being part of a board as well, you get to hear from others that have a different experience, background, and perspective that that uh, can definitely challenge your paradigm. Um, and that's one thing I've always encouraged is uh, is speak your mind. You know, let me know when I'm wrong. Some people did it a lot, and uh, <laughs> it told me told me I was wrong a lot, which is good. Um, you know, but I was actually right 90, 99% of the time, of course, you know, but um, I let them think they're, they're, they're right more, but no, it, you know, that that's encouraged. And, and unfortunately you've got a lot of leaders in place these days uh, um, that uh, you know, that you, that you see that, that may not be as open, um, you know, not just in companies, but uh, in life in general. So, it's uh, it's good to be challenged, um, and you want those kind of people. You want to surround yourself with those kind of people that can challenge your thinking and make sure that you you, you come up with the, uh, the the best solution. So, being part of the of, of whether it's a board uh, or whether it's being an advisor for uh, directly directly for some of the executive teams, um, you know, helps that breadth of perspective and keeps keeps me current. 
um, on what's going on in the technology world and, and really in all the different supply chain uh, aspects that are out there. It's awesome. So I heard words like energy and passion. I'm going to summarize a little bit, but, you know, being part of an executive advisor, you get a, you know, iron sharpens iron. We, we all know that, but you get energy, you get passion, you get to bring your expertise, you get to see and, and kind of ground others out and, and just share and get along and, and just educate. Um, and that's all the things that why we had a board, you know, I don't know that there's a lot of companies, certainly the size we started at Jordan that had the firepower in the room of the seven people that we, we brought in and just are extremely grateful for to listen to us. You know, you think you're smart, you think you have a lot of good ideas, you know, what's tried and true, but to get in a room and spend that two hours. And that, and that's all it really is, is we spend, you spend two hours in a room together, just conversating and you feel the passion and the energy that comes out and it's a renewable energy. So it keeps you going, but you spend a couple weeks or a month before getting prepped for the meeting. And I think there's as much value in that, but we've, we've been extremely grateful. I think we've shared this with you, Q, but you do it for other organizations besides Zion, but that's what we like about it. You get in the room and hopefully, you know, you, you, it's, you're not, it's not all business. You're sharing ideas and energy. And sometimes you just need encouragement. You need a little bit of inspiration. You never know where that comes from and you got to work overused but you got to work on your business you can't always be in the business especially like we are jordan we're in the business every day all up to our neck eyeballs in the business every day and so it's good to just pause and and hear a fresh perspective and that's what somebody like you've brought to us q so we thank you for that well let's wrap we're getting closer to the end i got yep i got one thing to just remind me yeah so sometimes in in when you're advising and, and when folks are knee deep in business, uh, they can lose some of the perspective. Um, like the book you introduced me to the carpenter, right? Yeah. Got to keep, uh, you, you just got to keep going, keep focused and knowing what that, uh, you know, what, what's there at the end and the end, um, you know, will happen. You will get, you will get to where you want to get to if you stick to the values and the culture that, that we described earlier. And, and one thing that early in my career in supply chain, uh, the late Brad Mitchell, um, was great, great about, guy. yeah, great guy. Just yeah Brad best was leader that, 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 yeah. that I ever had. Yeah. Um, he, he mentioned, uh, he mentioned the bricklayer story and it's been told in different versions, different, uh, um, fables, but that, it's a visual perspective that I like to remind myself uh, and others from time to time uh, the story where the, the, there's, there's, there's three people that are uh, laying bricks. And uh, the first one you come up to, you ask, Hey, uh, what are you doing? And they said, well, I'm, I'm, I'm laying bricks. You know, I take, take the mortar and put it on and I slap the brick on and then I go to the next one. Asked the second one, hey, what are you doing? I'm building a wall. Um, you know, I want to get it 10 feet high and, and we're going 100 yards long, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and so what are you building? Well, I'm building a wall. And then goes to the third one and say, hey, you know, what are you doing? And they say, well, I'm, I'm 
part of the team that's building this wonderful cathedral where people are going to come and gather. Um, the partnership, the fellowship, and the introduction of this this wonderful building to the community will mean will mean so much. So just the the, the different perspective you can have from just laying bricks to building a wall to building a wonderful cathedral, um, you know, people have to keep in mind. I know you guys are building a, a, a phenomenal uh, cathedral there at, there at Zion and, and and working with those organizations uh, like that is, is, is where you find the rewards. But, you know, Brad was great about those kind of stories and, and, and helping us keep things in perspective. And, uh, you know, folks that were all part of his team, uh, you know, are some of the closest, closest friends and, and, and coworkers that, uh, that I've had. Yeah. Brad left us way too early, but he, uh, of course we were in different places. You got to be part of Brad's staff and Jordan, you, you wouldn't, you probably hadn't heard me talk about Brad Mitchell, but he came in and it was, it, it was just a phenomenal leader and always had great stories, just a lot of things out of the Carpenter book. When you look at the Carpenter book and you look at our mission statement, Jordan is like to build up others, to inspire, to encourage, to serve, um, I think is a big part. And so again, you never know where, what ripples you make in life. You never know what threads pull through. And I don't know what better way to end this, this podcast and to say on that story that you just did. And it feels like I was going to ask you what's next for leverage, but you're going to keep building finding companies to help build cathedrals. You're going to find Absolutely. people that are, that are looking to build cathedrals. And certainly here at Zion, we're, we're, we're hopeful that we continue building what we consider our cathedral and have a lot of people that help along that way. And what better way to go on a Thanksgiving week than just be a little grateful for the people in your life. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for serving on our board. Um, grateful to have you as a friend and, and as a business friend and, as an executive advisor. So thank you for the podcast and anybody that's out there. If you don't know where to find the podcast, if you've made it this long, we're on all the normal channels, but this is, uh, this is TZE episode 15. And, uh, we've had David Quintilio drop some knowledge on us. And I think this is boot saying we're done. We've had a good <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Appreciate it, Jimmy Boots, Jordan. Yep. You, guys are, you guys are awesome, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, appreciate you. Thanks. Thanks.